0: This is the Thanks for Sharing podcast, a podcast where we explore all things recovery, healing, and relationship. You can subscribe and download episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on our social media pages. And while you're at it, I would love a review. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Thanks for Sharing. I'm your host, Jackie Pack. On today's episode, and I need to just give a disclaimer. I mentioned this. Today, Rachel is joining me again for a podcast recording And I had mentioned to her that when I invited her to be part, you know, of a co-host or to co-host monthly with me on this podcast, my intention wasn't for us to just talk about spirituality and deconstruction and all of that stuff. But the timing of it worked out that that was our first episode because we had just come back from the ITAP symposium and she had presented and we thought, oh, it should, should have a second episode. And we aren't straying much from that in this episode, but we will, we will eventually, because my intention in having her on wasn't just to talk about this. We have a lot of great discussions, so you'll get to have those as well down the road. But today, let me just give a little bit of a backstory, whether you have watched Shiny Happy People or not, it's on Amazon Prime. Let me just give you what Amazon says, their little snippet about what it's about says, shiny happy people, Duggar Family Secrets, a limited docu-series exposing the truth beneath the wholesome Americana surface of reality TV's favorite mega-family, the Duggars, and the radical organization behind them, the Institute in Basic Life Principles. As details of the family and their scandals unfold, we realize they're part of an insidious, much larger threat already in motion with democracy itself in peril. So initially... I saw that it was out. I had a couple of clients ask me about it. I was like, yeah, I'm not watching that. And I don't really even know why. I was just like, yeah, I'm not watching it. And to be honest, I never watched any of the former Duggar episodes. I never saw any of them either. And then I had a client who it was relevant to the work we were doing. And so I said, "Okay, I'll go ahead and watch it. And, you know, I I watch a lot of things for clients when they request it. And so I didn't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't this. I'll just say, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was a little blown away. So then I saw Rachel and was like, hey, (laughs) have you watched Shiny Happy People? And she was like, no. And I said, well, I think we need to do a podcast episode and just kind of break it down as two mental health professionals talking about. It's kind of in alignment with what we've talked about the previous two episodes. And by the way, it'll be very triggering. (laughs) But I think you should watch it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I think this episode has going to have a lot of trigger warnings, so just disclaimer up front. We're yes. talking about some very heavy like spiritual abuse that kind of goes into other forms of abuse. Yeah, I I mean I'm a little bit different than Jackie in background on mm-hmm. this. I I did watch one episode. And in the episode that I watched, I watched it with my mom. It was kind of new-ish. I was, I I don't know. I was in college, so I didn't have Of the
0: original Duggars. Of the original Duggars.
1: Yeah, Yeah, of the original Duggars, which I think at the time was like 16 and counting or 13. I don't know. It was, it was a a big number. More than a dozen kids. Yeah, it was too many and counting. And it was one of those things where I was at home on a weekend from college and we were like, oh, let's. My mom was like, oh, yeah, let's just, let's see what this is, right? And we both kind of came away from that. And my mom was like, well, I'm not watching that again. That was weird. And I was like, there is something, mom, there's something there, right? Like, there's something going on in that family. It can't be, it can't look like that. And my mom was like, yeah, okay,
0: yeah, maybe, right, whatever. We moved on. We never talked about it for years later. Well, and my impression was you just don't have that many kids without I mean, you know, some level of abuse happening because there's no way, and when we're talking about abuse, let's just use Pia Melody's definition of less than nurturing. You can't be nurturing to that many children in the way that they need, right? So there's parentification happening. Yes. Like, I was a therapist when that was on, and I worked with a lot of people from large families, and I was just like, I don't really need to watch something that would be similar to their backstory. Right. Yeah, and... So I did grow up with some
1: very interesting spiritual foundations, but like the idea of like homeschooling your children or that was so far outside of my family's accepted purview. I honestly just don't think my mom had a lot of respect for Michelle Ducker Mm. (laughs) and was just like, yeah, okay. That's like good for her, but birth control is a thing. And at some point, like, your body's gonna give out, which it does. It does, mm-hmm. right? Her like, body did her give body out. Her body did give out. And so yeah, it was just not a thing. It was I knew of the Duggars. I actually knew of people within IBLP and ATI. I knew of homeschooling kids who used ATI, which if you haven't seen the show. It's the Institute for Basic, Life, Basic Principle. Life Principles. Life Principles. And then I don't even know what ATI stands for, honestly. Advanced Training Institute, that's what oh, it is. Okay. But it's their homeschooling arm. And I did know people that were a
0: part of that or, like, in the periphery. But it yeah. wasn't, right, like... Like, my understanding watching this was kind of like you go there maybe... In lieu of summer camp, and it's like a really not fun summer camp. Yeah, I mean, they had like, I know that they had like
1: finishing schools for girls to teach them how to be like appropriate etiquette. And I like, you know, there's the paramilitary organization, and they, yeah, so they had like different like summer camps, or like you could work for them, or like intern labor. Yeah. So there were different like levels in which, so you could go for like a week for summer camp, or you could go for like months or years doing internships and things like that within the Institute. So so yeah, so let's
0: kind of break down yeah. what... So first of all, if you haven't watched it, it is worth a watch, I think. Trigger warnings. But very trigger warning uh, up front. And, you know, I think I did a little bit of a... So I made a list as I was going through it. But I also did a little bit of uh, background on Bill Gothard. So he's the one yeah. who wrote i guess the iblp programs yes and his father bill gothard senior was president of the gideon organization yes so you think of the gideon bibles that are in a lot of hotel rooms and so bill gothard came from this evangelical institute his whole family was Mm -hmm. very prominent i guess in the evangelical movement and then bill gothard plugged into kind of this zeitgeist of fear amongst people that were having fears based on um, cultural changes that were happening in America. This is during the 60s. So we've got the advent of rock and roll, women wearing pants, jeans, you know, both men and women wearing jeans, and just this idea that formed in the 60s of kind of this idea of the teenager and teenage rebellion. And that was kind of being put forth mainly through media at the time. And he just tapped into this fear that it was creating for parents, you know, and and it's teaching that America is off of its covenant path. It's, It's straying from its path. And, you know, I mean, you and I are parents. There's some fear that comes with these little creatures that come into our life that we love, and we've got to somehow get them to functional adulthood. Right. And it takes, you know, a lot of years. And it's a big responsibility. So I can relate to the fear that he was tapping into, but also to tap in and be like, I got this. Right. I know, I can guarantee that your kids are going to be good kids and that you are not going to fail as a parent.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's also, which they mentioned some of that in the podcast, like who Bill Gothard. Is. But when you look at like the time period, right, we have the civil rights movement, we have women's lift happening. Uh, this is when Roe v. Wade got put into place. This is also when the religious majority mm-hmm. was put together. This is also when we start to see things like the satanic panic showing up and child abuse started being recognized as a thing within the United States. It's also when we started recognizing incest as abuse because before this point, we did not recognize incest mm-hmm. as abuse. It was taboo, but not abusive. And so there is some very, there are micro layers of things and prayer was taken out of school at this point by like teachers could not mandate prayer in school at this point, which again is some of that, like we see these micro chasms kind of happening And these very fundamentalist religious groups kind of coming out of that. Mm -hmm. And Bill Gothard had the financial backing and the kind of charisma that fed into that really well.
0: While kind of putting on this fatherly, quiet, calm demeanor that would appear trustworthy right. right although he never married and never had children
1: right i mean i think it's interesting right i've heard uh, i did some kind of looking back through and thinking about it and i remember talking about bill gothard and it was like jesus paul and gothard mm. and Gothard never got married or had children on his own, which, again, I think is this very fascinating thing that happens in this microchasm of religious culty behaviors because he kind of set himself up as a Paul uh, Mm. from the Bible, right? Like, he had children that he was nurturing, but he himself was not married or had children. And he kind of set himself up as, like, this prophet or this authority that... Paul couldn't do that because he was nurturing all of these things. Bill Gothard couldn't do that okay. because he was nurturing all these things. Without any real education in child rearing or, I don't know, like family, anything, or personal experience, right? He had no personal experience in what it's like to raise a tiny human mm-hmm. or, you know, be female either. <laughs>
0: right, Right. That that is true. I just think any time we try to provide guarantees, it's going to require us to oversimplify. It's going to require us to oversimplify things. And I think any time we're simplifying fear and uncertainty, thrive on simplicity. And, And so he could just kind of walk in and master fear, uncertainty, and then he provided this very simple you know program that parents could follow and so it wasn't like he didn't he wasn't a religious uh like pastor or something like that he wasn't a religious leader but the idea was get these programs into your church or you adopt it as a parent and take it back and then you know spread it to the congregation and that's how it would grow and that's how his power and authority group. Yeah,
1: it was a parachurch organization, right? So, this is another interesting thing that happens within the evangelical community as a whole. I'm not even sure that fundamentalist Christians would like put themselves within the evangelical community, which again is like one of those real lines that we kind of have to play with. But it's a parachurch organization. So, you still have a pastor that you're tithing to, you still have a denomination that you're a part of, but then there's this like extra and this extra thing has no oversight right there are no checks and balances the checks and Mm -hmm. balances are bill gothard and so there's no there's no one looking in who hasn't been raised Mm -hmm. up in this organization which in general like i don't know that parachurch organizations are necessarily evil but like it does leave a lot of room for there to be abuse for there not to be checks and balances and we already see that as an issue within denominations Mm -hmm and to be outside of that kind of authority
0: one of the participants and i'm not remembering which one and i i've listened to a couple of interviews they've been on since the documentary aired mm-hmm. so i i don't remember if this came from the show actually or one of the interviews but one of them said it sets it up for the family to each family to be its own cult yes that's oh, kind yeah. of what you're uh-huh. describing too right yeah, I don't is they her name. they have you know they're yes they're attending worship services and they have pastors and all of that. But this program, you know, we'll talk about that in just a minute. We'll get to the umbrella policy,
1: which to be clear, like there's a lot of things within like that Gothard came up with that were kind of like Gothard's like mind baby, whatever, that did permeate Christian culture as a whole Mm -hmm. or evangelical culture as a whole, even if they didn't prescribe to him and the umbrella thing, I've talked to several people who had mm-hmm. absolutely no idea. Who I mean, I, I life. saw
0: that right. it was a little different graphic, right? Right. But very similar concepts. Right. So yeah, that is one
1: thing. And, you know, coming back to that about like, it set every father up to be like a cult leader. Mm-hmm. It does remind me of Amanda Montel's book. Yes. Cultish. Yep. And when she talks about like an abusive relationship is a cult of one.
0: Mm hmm.
1: And I think when you give someone supreme authority over everyone in the house, that's what you have.
0: Right. And, you know, the other thing is they're not going to teach or expose their, you know, members or their children to ideas that run counter right. to what the, the preferred ideology is. And so when these teachings start really young, And then they're enforced within the family. Mm -hmm. They're enforced within the church. And then the school curriculum is also backing it up. Like, to me, I'm just like, you don't even have a choice here. Like, why would you even think to question this? It's coming at you from every angle. You just adopt the beliefs. Right. That's how vulnerable children are. Right. Did you watch The Village? In
1: Mike Shyamalan's The Village? It's been a while, but yes. So... This reminds me of the village so much. Like, I I actually think that that was a great commentary on fundamentalist families because, like, the kids are literally raised to believe that there is a monster in the woods that will eat them Mm -hmm. if they don't leave the village, right? And this village has awful things happening. And so it's so bad that one of the kids decides to leave. And it's not in Puritan, like, the whole movie is set in, like, this Puritan, like, village, right? From, like, the 1400s. And, right, the very... Well, I don't want to give... If you haven't watched The, Villa, the Village at I this mean, point, it's your, your fault. Yeah, it's like been out for a long time. It's, like, so. 20 years out. We don't so. need to worry about spoiler um, alarms. But the very end of the movie, right, like, they step out on onto a paved highway. hmm And you realize, like, no, this is modern day. Like, they have been, like, insulated to the point that they didn't realize that there was actually a whole world out there.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And... One, that was heartbreaking. Like when I watched that movie, it was heartbreaking because I was like, oh my gosh, like you have no choices. And that is exactly what happens in this kind of community where everything is insular. Everything is double downed on, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of the, everybody that you know, everybody that you are friends with, that you have communication with, like it's pushed out. Like one point in the series, they talk about... The fact that they burned everything secular in their house, all their Disney, all of their books, all yeah, of, right? Like yes. it was a giant like bonfire where they burned everything that wasn't like sanctioned by Gothard, right?
0: And when you think about that
1: kind of control
0: over well, information, but, but also it's again going back to this guarantee, right? It mm. promises peace and a safe space and people are going to buy into that because they're afraid, right. right? And so you don't need to you don't need this high control. They'll give it to you. Right. Because you are offering them guarantees and peace and safety and power. Right. They'll give it to you. They'll just be like, "Yes, I am in."
1: Right. And Pedians talks about this in his book The Sin of Certainty where he mm-hmm. talks about like certainty is not the opposite of doubt, faith is. Right. And that, you know, doubt is not the opposite of faith, certainty is. And I think that there is some really, really strong things that happen when we think that we have the answer. Yes. Right. And that's really what Bill Gothard thought. Mm -hmm. Whether he thought it or not, that's what he was selling. Mm -hmm. He was selling the
0: answer. Well, and because of his authority. Right. And power. He never had to second guess himself. Right. I mean, also, we should, I mean, we don't have to talk, this is a deep
1: dive. We don't have to talk about it today. But at some point, we need to talk about the fact that Americans will literally give anything for charisma.
0: Mm -hmm. Like, Uh we will
1: sell our souls for a charismatic person. Yeah.
0: A couple years ago, I had a guest on. He wrote the book. Now I'm blanking on it. Why We Elect Narcissists and Sociopaths. Oh, yeah. And I had the author of that book on. And, you know, again, we'll get into critical thinking and stuff like that and how that's misused. But, I mean, I do think, you know, there's there's a lot of docu-series on right now. You know, this one, uh, Keeps Sweet and Pray, Under the Banner of Heaven. First it was day. a book first. Looking at, I mean, Women Talking, I mean, that doesn't take place in America uh, the original story right you, in the movie it doesn't necessarily say where it takes place. but I, I do think we have to you know we're recording this on the 3rd of July. I think we have to start looking at and asking ourselves some tough questions about what is happening that in our country that allows for the creation of these things and for these things to gain so much power Yeah
1: I mean even outside I mean so there's that there's also the podcast. The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, which you and mm, I have both yes, listening yes. to. And I think that the thing that... The
0: he- episode, like what we did to the women, okay. gut- It's still, gutted it's still me. getting. I was listening to that and I just was like, I said to my husband, like, I got to go. And he's like, what, what? It's like, you know, eight o'clock at night. And I'm like, I got to go. I'm going to go on a drive. Yeah. And he's like, okay. Like, he didn't know I was listening. I'm just like... I, I gotta walk away for a minute. I gotta go drive. I don't even know where I'm going. He's like, right. "Are you okay?" Yeah, maybe. I'll I be mean, I'll be okay. I will be back. <laughs> yeah,
1: I I think that Rachel does this thing to herself where I will like deep dive into these things and then I'm just like raging, like just <laughs> raging for days, and I can't really explain like why. This is why. Yeah. Um. But I do think right. One of the things that we are starting to see, and it is happening across the board, where the children raised in these ideologies are adults, mm-hmm. and which they, is why we have them, which is which why, we, why have them. we have these docu series. Yeah, and I think that that is incredible. Honestly, I think it's incredible that survivals of these movements are willing to speak up and realizing that it
0: doesn't have a power over them that it wants to. Uh-huh. I want to save that for the end because I do want to end on some hope, right? And you and I have also talked about these kids that have lived through mass shootings in schools. These kids that live through, you know, mass shooter drills. They're also adults. Adults. Yeah. And I just love that they're coming of age. And there's going to be a lot of them, unfortunately. But let's Let's save for that. Save all that. Let's go into this idea of the umbrella authority. diagram do you want to explain that
1: yeah so the idea is an extreme version of complementarian marriages where god is above and then you have the god umbrella like jesus is the umbrella technically with bill gothard right and under the jesus umbrella is the husband umbrella or the man umbrella because technically it's whatever oldest male is in the room even if he's five but there's the umbrella of the oldest male being the headship or whatever and then underneath that umbrella is the wife and underneath her umbrella is the children but ultimately right in order for everybody to be safe from hell's rain right you have to be under the umbrella so like is, and there's a
0: there's a chain, right? Right, like there's that's a chain. Like your, and
1: the, yeah, there's a chain chain of the, authority. And there's a chain of authority, and the umbrella's bandwidth of authority. Uh Gets smaller
0: (laughs) yes yes
1: right so like the kids so the woman is holding a
0: really small umbrella the the
1: woman is holding a really small umbrella the children have no umbrella so on their own they they have to fit
0: under there with mom
1: yeah um which if you have a lot of kids that's a that's a lot of kids (laughs) to fit under one tiny umbrella but it's
0: okay because you got dad
1: right they don't really talk about this in the documentary but that there is a belief right and i think This is where the rest of this comes from, is that children are born sinful,
0: Mm -hmm. right? And
1: so they don't get an umbrella. They have to accept Christ in order to even have an umbrella. So they're under the umbrella of their parents to, like, control them out of sin Mm -hmm. until they're old enough to accept Christ for themselves. And then they're still, you know, under the umbrella, under the authority, but they get, like, their own little tiny umbrella. But, yeah, the idea of this umbrella, right, is that dad ultimately holds... All the power of the family.
0: Yeah. And is accountable to, to Jesus. It is accountable right? to Cause, Jesus. Because it, it doesn't. You don't have authority over people above you with umbrellas. Only right. below. Only below.
1: And yeah. But it's like Jesus. It was technically God as the head. And Jesus is part of that Godhead. And then dad.
0: And or then, husband. Yeah. Or husband.
1: Yeah. And then underneath that. Wife is beholden to dad, and children are beholden to mom and dad because dad is over them. Right? right, right. And then you're all beholden to Jesus. But, like, really, dad is beholden to just God. And because God only technically speaks to men
0: in this mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. whatever dad says is divine. Or what other men talk about mm-hmm. with dad, right, right would also still be seen to be coming from God and Jesus, right? Right. So it's all ordained Mm -hmm. by God. Right. But children don't have direct
1: access to God. They have to go through mom and dad.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Women don't have direct access to God. They have to go through husband. Right. And so, right, like he is the gatekeeper for salvation.
0: Which is where the culty stuff starts to show. And
1: we don't... in this belief system i shouldn't say we cuz i'm not a part of it but like in this belief system we do not see autonomy right, right. we see obedience right there's yes, not even yes. a in fact they talk about they touched on this like a fragment of a second right but there's a there's a not a difference between honor and obedience in this Mm -hmm. paradigm, right? Honor is obedience. Obedience is honor.
0: Well, because also, and I wrote this down like authority, authority, authority. Authority. I wrote that in my notes. Like, I mean, which is, I mean, I grew up with that too, but it's like watching it, you're like, holy cow, the authority piece here. And it's just a given, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a given to men. Yeah. And the other thing that, you know, as I thought about it, you know, for, I don't know, it's been maybe a little over a week since I watched it. What that means, right, when authority is just a given to who this gender mm-hmm. is, issues with authority are not considered. Right. It's all about submission. Yes. Right. So the problem comes when people are not submitting, submitting, not when authority is misused, because authority cannot be misused. Right.
1: I also, I mean, this is, this was part of my deconstruction process, this word submit. Uh huh. But, I also get really, this is a personal pet peeve of mine, when people are like, well, submitting is not what you think it is. No, submitting is exactly what you think it is. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't care how you spend submission. Right. Submission puts you under someone else aside from yourself. Right. It takes away your ability to be autonomous.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And there is a superseding there, right? Right. Which, in some ways, dehumanizes you. And I think that that's one of the, and that in and of itself is the issue here, is this amount of authority and the requirement of submitting so thoroughly is dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think at one point. You know, but it's
0: also legitimizing mm-hmm. to those in authority, yes. to male power, yes. right? Yes. On the one hand. Because uniformity is the key here. Yes. Uniformity. Looking alike. Speaking alike. Thinking alike. Dressing alike. I mean, down to Is all pleasing to God. Right. Down to the like... Women
1: fixing their hair a certain way. I mean, like... Mm -hmm. You know, and we see this. It's... I don't know. It's a fascinating thing when you look at modesty and how it's defined by different people groups. But I'm reading a book series. Rereading a book series. Because I've already read it once. But... In the book series, the left hand for women is considered to be immodest to be seen. So they like have to cover it with like a glove or a sleeve. And the author kind of did that on purpose. Like there's a whole conversation in which one of the characters who I've quoted on here before is saying like modesty is like relative. Yes. Like what one culture thinks is modest, the other culture won't. And it is all about like controlling, like, you get so hyper focused on you being the problem. Yeah. As the immodest person who's bringing these things onto you, that it's impossible for you to see that this is a broken, abusive system.
0: Well, and that's one of the things I wrote down, right? Is because what happens to critical thinking Mm -hmm. is it's turned on you. Yes. And you become highly critical or because somebody else is highly critical. And the consequences of you not getting it right Right. are, you know, corporal punishment, domestic violence. And so the critical thinking is turned on you. Mm -hmm. And am I doing it right? Am I looking right? Did I say yes, sir? Did I... All of these things that you never... Even think to look at the system and be like, maybe, maybe the issue lies here and not with me. Right. I also, like, I
1: kept using the word, like, this is slavery. Yes. Like, when I was watching it, it was, this is slavery. Like, And I think it was Gerda
0: Lerner, you and I both read that book, uh, The Creation of Patriarchy, right? And she talks about the first group of people that were enslaved were females. Yes. Now, not to the degree we saw black people enslaved you know, but that's just because they were birthing their children. But the first group of people, mass group of people to be enslaved were females right, as wives. I mean, I also think it's really good to clarify
1: that any time a group of people have been enslaved or had like express authority over mm-hmm. there have been mass atrocities. And mm-hmm. when you look at what what first women went through.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When you look at Levitical law, right? Like women were allowed to have their breast cut off, mm-hmm. their tongue ripped
0: out. I mean, female their... babies could be killed on right. purpose. Right. But um, but again, I mean, and Gerda Lerner talks about how all of this was in preparation for enslaving males. Right. You know, colored males. But before they could, before white men could enslave black men, they had to learn how to do it. And where did right. they learn that?
1: Women. women. And I also want to talk about this thing, right? Because I think that this is one of those issues that I have when people are like, well, why don't they just do it different? Or why don't, why don't they just get out? Right? Mm -hmm. That's the, like, how could you believe something like this? These children, right? Like when we're looking at the Duggar children from birth, Mm -hmm. they were physically... And emotionally abused. Yeah. Right? Like,
0: Like, I mean, talk about blanket training. Yeah.
1: So they do this thing called blanket training, which is basically when your child can sit up, which is somewhere around six months, right? That six to eight month range. You put them on a blanket and then you put something that they desire, like a toy or like a teething ring or whatever. You put it outside of the blanket. And then every time they reach for it over that blanket... You hit them. You smack Mm -hmm. their face or you smack their hand, right? But you're hitting them
0: and saying, no, 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 no. You're not obeying mommy. Mm -hmm. As a way of saying, stay in this square. Right. And that's happening at six to eight months.
1: Right. And Michelle Duggar talks about this on the show. She also talked about it at IBLP seminars that she Mm -hmm. was teaching Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But, like, this is not... Just the Duggars. This is the mm-hmm. entire IBLP organization. This is a lot of evangelical and fundamental homes. Mm-hmm. And this is not just a Christian thing. Or like, right, like this idea of supreme authority over children. Right. And this, I mean, children are property.
0: And, according and, to, I mean, again, when we look at this idea of submitting, right, yes. it is all about learning the wishes and desires of the authority figure. Yes. And we don't question, like it's unquestionable authority. Right. And so the job of the infant or, you know, the person who is supposed to submit is to learn by a look, uh, by like yes. just to, to read that authority figure and be pleasing. Yes.
1: And right. Like, and it happens really early in the documentary. There's a woman that talks about her 14 month old was just being yeah. uh, that willful. Was awful. willful. Willful. Right. And so she spanked him all She's, day. I've been spanking him all
0: day. And I'm oh. like,
1: oh my gosh. Right. Like, oh. Uh. And I mean, also the like fusing, right? Like you and I were talking about this earlier, but mm-hmm. like the fusing of like love and fear and abuse. Abuse. Right. Like the guy that like demonstrates. demonstrates Spanking. Spanking is an issue for me in general uh-huh. for personal and professional reasons. Like we have enough brain research to show that it is not effective. Mm-hmm. We, do, we just do. We have, an, we've had that layers of that for 30 years now. Right. Right. And why we keep going back to it as like an appropriate form of educating our children is appalling to me. But, um, we know that spanking is abuse. The mm-hmm. brain reads it as abuse, and so this guy is like basically spanking this child. Spanking, right? Which is physical abuse because if we were to do this to an adult, it would be assault.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's demonstrating. Yeah, he's demonstrating. So it's not, it's not, not actual, hard. like with the full force of an adult male, yeah. but but the whole it's implied guy. that that is how you're doing it, right? This whole, is just some yes. random boy. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's also like. Complete stranger Mm -hmm. touching this kid, which.
0: But the kid knows what he's supposed to do. Yeah. And he like leans over. Right. And he, but like it was. And while he's spanking him, he's saying loving things. Right. Like
1: God's hand is on you, which that one got me that way. Right. Like you're spanking a child and telling him God's Uh hand is on your life and how much you love him and that this is for his own good and that, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then he finishes. And this is the part that like ripped me. Like ripped me in half. So they finish and he's like, Okay, give give Dad a hug. So kid gives Dad a hug, and then he's like, Oh, you weren't fully putting your love into that hug. So I'm going to spank you again right. until you can love me like I think you should love me. Right. So then he spanks him again, goes through the whole thing again, and then the kid like has to like fully like embrace him, snuggle into him, which he the kid actually does. Right. To this strange man.
0: Which again is Going against what your body feels. So you yes. you have to disconnect from your body right. in order to make them happy. Right. right. It is learning to appease the authority figure or the abuser. Right. By sacrificing and disconnecting from your own body. Right.
1: Which, again, is this whole level of like at two, three, uh-huh. four, five, we have taught children how to dissociate. Right. I mean, for this woman,
0: 14 months, 14 months, 14 months, months, this child with this will, this has to be broken, right? There's also, I mean, they talked about, like, I think there's a woman in there who talks about, like, her husband finally breaking her, right? Which, I mean, to me, I'm like, because I sometimes will say, I mean, one of the problems with spanking is they're going to outgrow your ability to spank them because, you know, they're going to be bigger than you or they're just as strong as you. But, you know, I mean, some of the interviews I listened to, they were like, oh, no, no, let's be clear. I was spanked well into my teen years. Um, I think it was Tia that talked about like wife spanking, which, yes, is on a more extreme continuum. But the fact to me that in 21st century America, wife spanking is... A thing. A thing and taught or like, yeah, yeah. There, There isn't actually an end to that for some. Right. For and, some. And
1: that's literally, she said that, right? Like the authority of the father over the, the girl child, the female uh-huh. child passes from the father to the husband.
0: Right. On the be- wedding
1: day. On the wedding day. And because she is under that umbrella. Right. She is a child yes. to him. And so he has the ability, if she is too willful, and she has too many of her own thoughts, he has the permission to discipline her in the ways that he sees fit.
0: Yeah. Which, One of the interviews I was listening when Tia was talking, she said, you know, after the documentary aired, she's like, my inbox was flooded with emails from women saying basically me too. Oh God. So I'm like, oh, this is bigger than. Yeah than Tia right Right. this oh oh I
1: mean how difficult has it been for us to get laws passed for domestic violence? right right? like as Mm therapists we are not we are mandated reporters for child abuse and elderly abuse but spousal abuse we are not no right
0: and a lot of times getting out of that is just put on the woman who's in danger and usually doesn't have power or resources like money right yes power and
1: resources in and of themselves but like we don't have enough other resources for that. Right. Right. Like, right. shelters are full. And a lot of people, if you have 12 children, right, how are you going to take 12 children to a shelter without your husband knowing? Uh-huh. Right? right. Like, it's just, there's just so many layers, right?
0: And eventually, our system expects you to then provide for them. Right. Provide by doing what? Right. Like, they have been homeschooled in curriculum that does not prepare them in any way and, I mean, they talked about that, like, what boys can learn is different than what girls can learn. Right. So it's not even equal education, right? But their homeschooling curriculum, which this kind of, it shows, but it doesn't go into depth, right? But it's not an education that is going to get you a job that provides for you and your children.
1: And there's this level, right, where,
0: I mean, they said this in the documentary. Uh,
1: one of the girls wasn't taught anything above fractions because that's all she needed to bake. To bake, Yeah. Again, absolutely appalling to me, but this level of systemic undermining the human body is rampant, right? Mm -hmm. And so by the time you get to adulthood in this system, you're already broken. You already believe that Mm -hmm. you will die in this system and you will either be broken by the system. It will break you. Like you will either be broken by the system or you will be murdered by the system like that. That's it. Right. Those are your options. And the guy who wrote, so they talk about a book,
0: like Train Up a Child or oh, something yeah, yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, 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 Train Up a Child. Which, he's from, to Train I Up a Child, Ida- yeah. Idaho.
1: Michael Pearl, which, by the way, has no, like, no education in early childhood <sighs> development or any, right? like But he doesn't
0: need it, Rachel, Right, because he's got God's authority. Because <laughs> he's a man. I'm like, um I think one of them said, maybe it was Brooke, said... Um, the confidence of white mediocre men is going to kill us all. <laughs> yes,
1: right. I do think that uh, th- there's also this level, right, where he's literally teaching people how to abuse their children and get around state legislature. Yes, yes, yes. That that one was absolutely appalling to me. Right, and makes sense, right? Because uh, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. and he even talks about like you break it, you break a human the same way you break an animal. Right, you beat them into submission. Right. The fact that we can even like someone can say that and not immediately be questioned or immediately be like canceled Mm -hmm. is appalling.
0: Well, and and this gets into, I mean, it sets them up to just expect abuse in their marriage. Like just expect it. Right. Like most of them, you know, the females who are participating didn't necessarily talk about their relationships outside of, um, Tia, who got out of the abusive marriage, mm-hmm. but, you know, I mean, with her life, fortunately, because that seemed to be a harrowing experience that she just yes. kind of, you know, did a very high level summary <clears throat> of with her and her five children. But even leaving, mm-hmm. I would imagine they're, they're set up for abusive relationship after abusive relationship until they figure this all out, because right. that's what they've been trained to to see as normal right
1: which again is this layer right where we're we're really talking about spiritual abuse today which i think is different yes and i want i want to be absolutely clear we are talking about a a spiritually abusive system
0: and religious trauma and religious
1: trauma and that is separate from spiritual deconstruction in 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 a lot of ways however when spiritually abused people Mm -hmm. start to deconstruct this is one of the things they have to deconstruct is this belief that...
0: And we'll probably have, always be deconstructing this. Yes.
1: Right? Like, that I deserve abuse.
0: Uh-huh.
1: That I somehow was sinful and broken enough as a six-month-old infant that I deserved this.
0: Mm-hmm. Something is inherently wrong, wrong with, with me, me as a female.
1: Yes. Um, And th- to me, this is the the double standard and hypocrisy that happened within the Duggars and happens within fundamental, like, these fundamental culty kind of things where there's so much authority given to men that, like, the female body isn't... The female body isn't her own.
0: Right, and right.
1: And she is responsible for how her body, that is not her own, affects the men in her life. And, right, sexual abuse is basically your fault because you obviously did something to ask for it, right? Mm-hmm. This is where purity culture and rape culture like, line up. They're the, yes, they're they're the, the flip same. side of the, mm-hmm. of the same
0: coin. Which I think, again, I want to just, before we move to this one, I just want to say, I think both of us are saying men in these systems are given way too much responsibility. More yes. than any one human being should be given. And they're given it over people that, they don't technically have control over right and so of course abuse enters the scene right
1: also that's the only way you're
0: going to gain control over them is through abusive tactics right and before we move
1: on to the sexuality piece like one of the things that stood out to me and like it was heartbreaking and then like the rest of the docuseries happened and then i was like oh yeah i need to go back to that jim bob had because he was so married to this ideology He was working three jobs yeah and trying to make minimum wage they were struggling they were i mean like he did not have the capacity to support the family that he had Mm -hmm. and all of that responsibility fell on him right right so there is a part of me that's like jim bob did what anybody's going to do to try to help their family mm-hmm. survive. Like, was he highly manipulative? Yes. Was there a right. lot of abuse in that? Yes. He's and, both a
0: villain and, and a victim, victim in the right? system. Right? Because
1: that's, and I think, and yes, I think that there is a personality, a type of personality that, like, gets attracted to this kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the pressure that we put on men to have responsibility over other human beings right. that they can't actually control or like shouldn't right and
0: and then like the response right this is
1: on a very and, and let's
0: just say like they the the responsibility they are given is they are responsible to god for everything, everything that happens in their household yes and i just think weird things begin to happen when somebody is given that level of responsibility and accountability right they are going to need everybody to conform and comply. Yes. And the way you do that is, is abuse. through abuse well, and violence.
1: And also, like, I do want to recognize, like, the amount of pressure that that creates, right? Mm-hmm. We, we have a pandemic in this country where men are taking their own lives, right? Like, they're dying by suicide because that
0: pressure is too much. It is. And we don't talk enough
1: about how patriarchy harms males. Right, exactly. We don't. We don't talk about how we have set up an impossible system and we keep breaking people to fit the system uh-huh. instead of breaking the system to fit people. Yes. And well, and,
0: and this, I mean, this wasn't, I don't think this was spoken in the docuseries, but it is one of the unspoken messages, right? Which is there's one one way to be masculine. Yes. And there's one way to be feminine. Yes. And that's it, right? It's very uniform. Right. Like there is no individuality in this, right? Which also means you're you're pretty interchangeable, yeah, right? Like if you're not doing it, somebody else will do it the exact same way you would do it, right? Which I mean, to me, on some level, is saying there's nothing special about you,
1: right? You're just a and, functioning and that's cog.
0: depressing, right? Like that that causes all sorts of mental health issues, uh, also goes against the entirety of what
1: we believe mm-hmm.
0: if you are in
1: like right if you're talking about Genesis and Christianity and like when when you're looking at the belief systems within that it is that we were created in God's image as human beings that we hold some kind of sliver of divinity like we have a soul where other parts of creation do not right this is a very mm-hmm, these are very mm-hmm. like Christian beliefs so these are gifts that we are given by God supposedly and we do not get to use them because if we use the gifts that were given to us by God then that would be giving into the carnal nature to sin to mm-hmm. Satan mm-hmm. and so like what kind of mind fuckery is that right, right? Like, right. I, like that's just like you can't what do you do with that which is so hard and when you're looking at this like it's very uh 1984 ish right like, uh-huh. in the way that we are whitewashing the entirety literally whitewashing because when you watch the videos there are very few minorities in those crowds there are mm-hmm. very, right mm-hmm. like, we are making this the ideal is very aryan nation covenant path yeah it's, for america yeah mm-hmm. it's very it, it's terrifying when you kind of look at yes. just how like these are the roles. These are the boxes that we will give you. And if you don't fit into these boxes for whatever reason, mm-hmm.
0: then you're going to help, right? Or we well, will and, and break we you have to fit in. This currently, box. who are trying to get rid of or they're advocating? We have politicians. I think some of them are in Arkansas, right? That are trying to roll back child labor laws. That are trying to you know, say that the separation of church and state in this country was always misunderstood and that's not what our founding fathers meant and there should be no separation between church and state and the political movement in these groups is also terrifying. Yes terrifying
1: right i mean and that's another thing too right these are people who co-opt our founding fathers to be christians they're not Mm -hmm. just i'm just going to put that out there if you actually read any of the founding fathers primary material they are not christians they are deists they believe in a god but they're not christians Mm
0: -hmm. and specifically nor did they want this country to be a christian nation which is the popular belief among some today,
1: which was what Britain was and why we got right, away from right, it, right, <laughs> right. Like to be clear, Britain was using God authority to tax it was a church. and torture. It was a people. church yes, country, right? right? Like
0: so, there a, it there still was is. a national religion. Yeah, it still is. Right. To be to be clear, the yes. UK
1: is still a Christian
0: nation. Mm-hmm. It,
1: the Queen, or sorry, King. He, there's a King now. We're all still sad about that. Um, <laughs> Is the head of the church. Right. Right. He's basically the UK Pope. So, yes, there is a very specific reason that that Mm -hmm. was done. And it was to stop things like this from happening. And yet, we also have freedom of religion, which is a giant loophole that a lot of this stuff gets Mm -hmm. fed through.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, so we were starting to move into this fear of the burgeoning female sexuality. Oh, God. And kind of this idea that female sexuality needs to be repressed it needs to be suppressed it needs to be ignored and refused at all costs until you're married
1: yes but even until you're married right like I feel like this is one of those spaces where even even what was being said in the Documentary and how they addressed female sexuality wasn't that females shouldn't be sexual, it's that men own female sexuality yes, to their advantage, yes. right? Because, like, what happened in terms of Josh Duggar and his sisters, yeah, it was sad, but like, at no point do they really talk about what that did in terms of like the girls and how that affected their, you know,
0: purity mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And at one point, and most of the female participants were like, Look, this was the Duggars. They were on TV. This happened in a lot of families. This was very mainstream.
1: Right. So it wasn't, to me, this is not the space of, like, it's just a very fascinating thing, right? Because there's this line that even with Bill Gothard, right, like, there was sexual abuse that was happening. Uh Uh-huh. But he was very careful if virginity was intact. And, but he
0: also sought that.
1: But he sought that, right? So there's this level of, mm-hmm. like, virginity holds its own power in the female soul or whatever that, like, supersedes the woman.
0: hmm
1: And sexuality isn't necessarily an issue for women, except for the fact that we have to, like, you know buffer male advances. But and dress and look and yeah, talk a right. certain you way know, like so that, like that, that we can yourself.
0: not tempt men.
1: Right. But it it's very obvious in the way that it is talked about, in the way that it is used, in the way that like the Duggar sisters were put on camera uh-huh. to defend their brother. Right. Oh yeah. Female sexuality is used as a tool to benefit men either for you know because like that broke Jill and Jess like Uh there were a Uh lot of things that came at them for putting that out there that they didn't even really have choice or control over and like they reaped the problems of that they were literally thrown under the bus of that but it benefited the males in the family and so, of, of course, we're going to put you on, like, you are a sacrificial lamb mm-hmm. that we will slaughter mm-hmm. for this hill.
0: Well, I mean, it's that belief that female bodies, right? Again, going back to that umbrella graphic, that female bodies belong to the church. Yes. And its leaders. Yes. Right? It's men. Yes. And, I mean, that thinking, absolutely, they're groomed to be victims. Yes. Right? I mean... And to not think anything of it. Like, right. by that time, so much has happened to them. They're like, yeah, whatever. Like, right. I mean,
1: it is one of those things, like, Gail Dines talks about men are not life supports for an erect penis. But I do think the the tenet of purity culture is that women are a life support for male pleasure and their uterus.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Right? Like right. There's no... You're not allowed to have anything else outside of them. Right. And it's heartbreaking. To see how much of it is used in that way. I mean, again, you can abuse people if you dehumanize them. Mm-hmm. And if you give people authority over people, like Josh was the oldest, right? So he mm-hmm. had authority over all of the female children mm-hmm. underneath him. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's unchecked, it's, it's like completely that male unchecked. authority. Is unchecked power, right? When unchecked power, when there's a dynamic of unchecked power, abuse is going to happen. Right. I mean, come on, guys. Spider-Man taught us this. With great (laughs) power comes great responsibility. (laughs) The other thing that they talked about, too, is that culture of you cannot speak ill of your authority figures or the church leaders, right? There's no way in that system and those teachings that a victim is going to come forward. And if they do... They're told to be submissive. Your job is to be submissive. Right. I mean, there's there there's that layer. Also, there's the
1: whole, like, there's a whole homeschooling curriculum thing in there right. where they're literally basically lining out all of the ways that a sexual assault victim oh, is at oh, fault. Yes. Right? And they, like, one girl talks about, they went, they did a female Bible study about this uh-huh. in which they went around the room and talked about all of the advances that they had made to them and why it was their fault. Right? And well, they were made to confess their sins. Well, they showed, like...
0: Dresses, right? Because oh, they couldn't wear pants. The women couldn't wear pants, so they're dresses. I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Like back in the day when I was young, my mom had me take sewing lessons, right? Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm pretty sure those are like the pictures on patterns. They are, yeah, they are. They're Simplicity patterns, right? Yeah. And they're called eye traps. And you're supposed to circle where are the eye traps for males, right? On this Simplicity dress. I'm like, I, I don't think Simplicity has immodest patterns, but okay. Uh,
1: also, I'm, I'm just going to say this because as, as someone who, who really thinks that like dressing appropriate to the culture is really important regardless of modesty, right? So like if you're going to a ballet, please don't wear a baseball cap. Sure. <laughs> when you make modesty, the stamp of this is who we are for women the amount of mental leaps that you have to go through in order to create that modesty draws attention.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? You're not drawing attention. And and this came up with like the... This was my like side note about the pilgrim callers or whatever. Like, because that was a whole uh-huh. thing for them. When you don't follow the normal fashion culture of the mainstream... Right. You are calling attention to yourself. And I can... Like for people outside of your little echo chamber or their little echo chamber, the attention that you're calling is not the attention you want to be called. Right. And I'm not saying it's like rape culture attention. Like they're questioning your beliefs, mm-hmm. right? Like I do that. I am guilty of that, right? When I see anything that's different, like that's, that's human existence in uh-huh. some ways, right? Like our brain works to find the thing that is different and then question that. Now, some of that is questioned like, oh, that's really cool. Like I would never think about putting that outfit together. That's cool. Or like, I wonder what culture that comes from. Or like, I wonder if that has like religious significance or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then there is some of that where you're like, oh, I know where that leads. Right. My, my great grandmother was in a denomination that did not believe in making, wearing makeup or cutting hair. Uh, They had to wear dresses to their ankles. Right. And Which is insane because this is also the woman that is super sassy and very, right. You've, you've probably heard me quote her a lot Mm -hmm. because she's adorable, but like she was part of that. She wasn't allowed to wear jewelry other than a wedding ring. And like, there is a level to this day, there is a level when I see someone dressed in that way, I think about all of the abuse and all of the manipulation Mm -hmm. and all of the like emotional turmoil that I know my grandmother went through. Mm-hmm. And like,
0: it gives a message whether you think it does or not. Right. Lindsay at one point talks about through ATI, she says, all my freedoms and rights were slowly being yes. taken away from me. And she says, it, it became a world I lived in of all the things I could not do. Yes. Again, when we turn that critical eye on ourself mm-hmm. and we are checking ourselves against all the things I cannot do and yes. am I doing that or do I want to do that, right? We don't have the energy right. to turn that critical eye on the system.
1: Right. I also, it, it makes me think of like, when you look at literature and how much literature has like girls coming of age, like boys coming of age, they get to be like superheroes or Spartans or like, I don't know. Right. Like they get, they get to do really cool stuff like go on adventures when women come of age, they're terrified to get their period. Right. Like, yeah. if, you, if you look at like Jane Austen um, stuff or like the book of longing is
0: uh-huh, uh-huh. when
1: Anna comes to age There's this, like, they're hiding it and burning it and, like, stuffing their rags in pots and, like, trying to hide the fact that they become a woman. Even, this is even addressed in the new Mulan, the live-action Mulan, where she's allowed to train with chi, with the energy, until she becomes a woman. And then that is, like, literally cut off from her. Yeah. Right? This is why. Because... Being a child.
0: Well, and and prior to, I mean, when we look back at like authors who are writing books and they're studying, they're archaeologists, they're studying like that time period when Christianity, well, when patriarchy came into being, right? right? Christianity was part of that, right? But prior to that, there was female power. Yes. There were female gods, there was female power, right? right? And so the suppression and repression of any female power okay, is. Yes.
1: And let's be clear that was systemic and yes. that was on purpose. Yes. Right? We know that females were priestesses in Greek, uh-huh. in Greece, in um, the age of antiquity. We know that. We know that they had the power to talk to gods. Mm-hmm. So they had some pretty heavy power. Right. That has been completely taken out of history. Uh-huh. But the Christian church, systemically cut out female power. Right. And we watch that. You can watch it uh-huh. through history if you're paying attention,
0: right? I mean the the fact that it says and this is maybe a side tangent, but the fact that, you know, God in Christianity is male and God created everything, right? And there's no like that's there's not, no that's not how creation works. There's no works. female in creation, <laughs> right? When you stop and think about it, you're like, "Wait a minute." Something's missing here. The one who can actually create life in their body is not represented here.
1: Right. And I think it's really interesting too when we look at it. Yes. Right. And we do know that there were female goddesses attached to Yahweh or Mm -hmm, Allah mm -hmm. or God before this kind of like purging that Mm -hmm. happened in early, what we would consider like Genesis or Mm -hmm. the early beginnings of the Torah, whatever. And that is what the Inquisitions and the Crusades and, right, the Crusades were specifically against Muslims, but it was also mm-hmm. against women during the time. And, there, I mean, witch hunts, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. when you look at what the Vatican has in their secret files or in their, like, Vatican files, that they hold around the purging of witches in Germany, before Martin Luther, it's insane. And then after Martin Luther, that upped the ante because people were trying to prove that they were either Catholic or Lutheran. And so women became the target of that. And I think the one that hit me the most is I recently read a book called The Immortal Key, which is not about this, but because he's he's talking about something else, but it's the main focus. But he talks about the fact that when the temples were burned, when Christians burned Greek temples, they weren't burning temples. They were burning libraries because that is where mm. all of the books and scrolls and knowledge were kept. And he, I mean, and he kind of says like, we don't know, but they cherry picked the information that they took out of those temples and right. then they burned the rest. Right. We systemically cut women out of power and whether it's, you know, whether you're part of a Judeo-Christian religion or not, that is what America is founded on, right? We mm-hmm. are founded mm-hmm. on puritanical beliefs. We are founded on patriarchal beliefs that were created, right? Like, these were, like, inferred so far back that it's just taken for granted now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's that's why it's been so hard to get laws around marital rape and so hard to get laws. I mean, like, we can't even agree what consent looks like in this nation or how to teach it to our kids. Right. And that's, that's because we, we stopped seeing women as, as human.
0: Back when, um, this would have been 2007 probably, so back when uh, Barack Obama was running for president, but initially he was running against Hillary in the primary yes. for the Democratic yeah. nominee, right? Yeah. And I was having a conversation with a black friend of mine, male black friend of mine, and I was saying, you know, it's so interesting, like this setup, white woman, black male, Which was also our dynamic, right, Uh as friends. And I was like, I just, I'm so curious, like, as a country, are we more racist or are we more sexist, right? Because it's not a black female, it's a black male, right? So I'm just like, what's it? And he was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, isn't this, like, so perplexing to you? And he's like, Jackie, black men got the right to vote before white women, He's like, black men were three-fifths of a person. You were property. And I was like, oh. And he's like, Barack Obama will win the nomination. We are far more sexist because we don't even know we are. He's Mm. like, I'm not saying we have solved racism, but we don't even talk about sexism. Yeah. And I was just like, I hope he's wrong. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Let's just look at what Hillary has gone through. Yeah. Since then, I'm like, oh, oh, right. dare she think and, that she could hold that power. And I want
1: to be clear. It's not just Hillary. Look right, at what Right. Right. Because I, I know this argument, right? Like, but Hillary is a Clinton and she's corrupt and blah, blah, blah and whatever.
0: Yeah, but her right. husband could still hold power twice. Yeah, I know.
1: That's the whole thing. But look at what happened to Sarah Palin. Right. Right. Like, Sarah Palin was literally set up as the, like... Feminist poster child for the Republican Party, and they ate her alive mm-hmm. when her child got well, pregnant. Well, and John McCain
0: woodlocked. did not even want her, right? But was forced into that. Right. But, and yes,
1: which again, like, regardless of policy, right? Right. Just regardless of policy, the way that they ripped Sarah Palin to shreds mm-hmm. when her daughter mm-hmm. got pregnant, to me, is just. One, like again, this is that power and control yes. and authority, right? Yeah, she was 17. You can't control a 17 year old's sexuality, right? <laughs> I mean, like, right. come on, guys, like, you just can't. But yeah, she was literally raked over the coals for that. Um, and then there was the whole pro life, pro choice thing that uh-huh. came up, and right, and her daughter didn't even really get a choice on whether or not she was gonna have right, the kids because right. it was so public, and like, and I. It's just...
0: And because her mom's on the
1: Republican ticket. Right. And so, like, so much choice. Right. So much choice was was about how it fits the machine
0: mm-hmm.
1: and not how it fits the individual. And you see that in the, the Duggar Dark community. Like, yeah. women are chewed up by this machine. Right. And, I mean, again, the rape culture versus purity culture, right? Like, we're talking about a man who is obviously a predator. Who has no wife and no children? Who is literally taking into underage women and grooming
0: them? Yeah,
1: which a lot of grooming didn't have to happen because they had been groomed by their fathers
0: before they even got into and their point. mothers and their mothers with the yeah. with the with the permission of their mothers, right? Yes. And so, and again, I mean, right now it doesn't look like. I mean, grooming definitely. Bill Gothard was grooming, yes. right? There, there hasn't been anybody who has stepped forward and said it went beyond grooming. In my mind, I'm like, you know that's there.
1: Yes, there is. There has not... I think there's been only one formal accusation of rape. Okay. But sexual assault, yes. Sexual touching, yes.
0: Sexual touching, yes. Right. And so...
1: And uh, the documentary itself was very discreet, Uh, I think, in... Because these survivors were coming forward and telling their stories, uh-huh. they did a very good job of, like, holding that without it being, like, exhibitionist right. in the abuse. And the point that I kind of take from that is, like, this is not just Bill Gothard, right? Uh-huh. Robbie Zacharias, who was another prominent evangelical apologist, after he died... I mean, it, and this is the thing that is sad to me, is, like, after he died, the non-disclosure agreements... Mm. Lapsed. And so they were just women coming forward about things that they had experienced under him. And right. Like this, this
0: happens when you give
1: this kind of authority without checks right. and balances.
0: Right. And the potential victims mm-hmm. have, their voice has been They're, systematically it's taken away. Right. right. I mean
1: like, and that's the other thing too. And that was the thing that stood out to me about the. The Duggars thing, right? Like, they had those friends, the Holtz, uh-huh. who when... Hoyts. Was it White or, or Holtz?
0: I don't remember. I can't remember.
1: That were told. Uh-huh. Because their daughter was dating Josh. Courting. They, like, courting. Dating. Because um, I have issues using the word courting. But, no, they were courting, right? Uh-huh. And, basically, Jim Bob was like, yeah, we weren't going to tell your daughter until after she was already, like, married and... Right. Like... Ew. but then they go to the co- they actually went to the sheriff right this is the part that like killed me uh-huh. like ugh. the parents of the yes. daughter the parents of the daughter and Jim Bob. right right they went to the sheriff and filed a report about the molestation and all of that with josh
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the sheriff's like i'm going to give you a pass this time right i want to be clear there are no laws. In well, and I,
0: then the father of the girl, right? Right. I can't remember his first name, but I can't remember. Either. He says, I know his like, Bobby. Mm, turns out later we find out that the sheriff is a good friend of Jim Bob.
1: Yeah, right. And so it's just a, it's
0: a whole thing. And you and I started talking about this before we hit record. Yeah. And again, that they talk about this in the docu series, like Michelle and Jim Bob were aware of Josh's molestation of his sisters before they invited a film crew to come in and film their family and do kind of this reality TV show, right? And, I mean, they kind of hit on, like, the gall, the narcissism of Jim Bob to think, Yes! I can invite a film crew in to make a reality TV show of my family and keep this hidden. Right. And I think that that was the thing that was
1: so fascinating to me is that what we what we as america as a nation saw on tlc Mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff had already happened like the sheriff they had already gone to the sheriff Mm -hmm.
0: before this show show ever happened
1: yeah right so it's one of those things where you realize like
0: and the tragedy like because i think somebody in the show this is in the duggar show but they show the clip in this docuseries Where they ask Michelle, mother Mm -hmm. of Josh, because he's sent off to this treatment ATI thing, right? Which is not Mm -hmm. the consequences that need to happen. They ask her, like, what did you say to your son? Did you talk to your son? And she says, no, I I talked to God. Yeah. To me, I'm like, I mean, first of all, going back to the umbrella, she doesn't have the authority to talk to Josh. Right. But secondly, to me, I'm just like, They don't say this in the show, but to me, I'm like, before we, because I think in America, we are really good at villainizing people Mm -hmm. out of context. Yes. And as I'm watching that, I'm thinking, Josh was blanket trained. Yes. Josh was told that as a man, he could not control sexual urges. Yes. And if a woman, you know, had any eye traps for him, it was her fault. Right. Like, he was raised in this culture that said, sexually as a boy, you're uncontrollable. Yes. She has to control it all.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, it's one of those things, too. Like, right, you and I have talked about this. Mixed
0: with, sorry, I just, I'm going to interrupt. Mixed with the lack of genuine affection children need. Yes. Because that was not happening. Right. Right. Or that fusion of love and abuse. Yes. I'm like that kid was set up and his parents distanced themselves and to me I'm like how dare, dare you, you distance yourself from this situation that you created, right? I mean this is
1: what we like to believe as Americans, right? That we are in a vacuum.
0: Mm-hmm. That all of
1: all of our mistakes are because we fail, right? Like it's and in fundamentalist Christianity it's because of your sin nature.
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm
1: that we obviously tried to beat out of you because, so like, that's your fault because right. you didn't let go of it no matter how much we tried to beat it out of you. But what neuroscience tells us right, is that we are pack animals, that we function as a community, that our brains literally, like the majority of our brain, the biggest parts of our brain are relational parts of our brain. Right. And so, no, we don't become monsters in a vacuum, right? right? Monsters are not born, we are made. Uh-huh. And when you see an adult who has started really, really early in predator behavior, that is a family issue.
0: Yes. Right? And I mean, I'm I'm a true crime person. I know you're not. <laughs> but uh, there is, I mean, sometimes when I, you know, am thinking about true crime, the the cautionary tale I would give is this ease in which we assign psychopathy yes to individuals because i think that is dangerous yes where we first of all we make them brilliant psychopaths which i don't think is generally true right but it also divorces us another step from looking at the system and looking mm-hmm. at things systematically and instead we make it about like this person is just a psychopath like born that way mm-hmm. instead of created and With a lot of, you know, true crime, when you go back into the story of the serial killer or back into the story of this horrible person, there is a story. Mm -hmm. This person was created. Mm -hmm. But we don't, we just kind of put psychopathy on them, which first of all, you know, there's not that many psychopaths out there. Secondly, the general public is not able to distinguish between you know, genetics and their DNA versus their learned environment and experiential environment.
1: Yes. I also think in all of that, right. We, and I think that this is one of the downfalls of psychology is that we really, really, really want to believe that everything falls into black and white categories. Right. 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 And you and I work in a space where,
0: Diagnosis is a guideline. Uh And I often say when I'm training new therapists, diagnosis is helpful as far as it is helpful. It can also be very destructive. Right.
1: And I think that we as a society like labels. We really like to be able to say, this is what this is. Mm -hmm. And therefore, this, this, and this, which is, again, the sin of certainty, right? Mm -hmm. Like it is that. It goes back into
0: that when we're oversimplifying things. Mm -hmm.
1: But human beings are
0: incredibly
1: complex. Right. And, like, when you see the abuse, and and I want to be clear, like, there's a lot of abuses that happen within the system, within the IBLP system, within the Duggar system. But the first abuse is co-opting God and mm-hmm. eternity right. as the ultimate authority. Right. Because one of the interviewees, she says this. When hell is a real place that you can go and not an imagined reality, you get in line. Mm-hmm. There is something very visceral to be said about the way that we use eternity as a weapon right. on children. Children
0: don't even have the concept of like... Time. Time, right? Like, <laughs> I say to your kid, we're leaving in five minutes. They don't know what that means. Right? I mean, I would...
1: My husband and I were going on a date night on Saturday night and we had told our child that her babysitter would be showing up at five. So at 10 and 1130 and two, she was like, how much longer do I have? What do I, like, do I need to be getting ready? Do I have? and we were just like, no, it's at five, right? And we like showed her, nope, no, no, no concept, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two hours, might as well be two minutes. There is no right. level of understanding how time passes for a child, mm-hmm.
0: We when my kid my two youngest were, I mean my youngest I think was maybe three, we went to Arizona. So her older sister would have been like six, the one right above her. And trying to explain the difference between Arizona and Utah when they have no concept of states. Yeah. Right. Is impossible, right? So we go to Arizona. My sister was living there. We went and visited her. We come back and there was like a ultimate electronic store that was by us that we, you know, drove past frequently. And back then, they had this tall structure out front, and it had a red ball on the top of it. And my six-year-old thought that was Arizona. Because why not? Right. right? And so she would, we would pass, and she'd be like, can we go to Arizona again? And I'd be like, well, it's, it's a long drive. You kind of struggle. She struggles not being entertained, right, or moving. <laughs> so that was a long drive for all of us. And she's like, no, it's right there. And I'm like, how... Can I explain to her that I don't know why she believed this red ball at the top of this structure was Arizona. Right. And then my youngest had an imaginary friend after that trip, you know, she thinks my six year old believes this ball is Arizona. And my youngest now has an imaginary friend named Utah (laughs) that frequently came to dinner. Right. And we had to welcome Utah. Right. Because in her mind, she doesn't even understand that we live in Utah. Right. She's just like, oh, Utah's here you didn't set a, a dinner plate for Utah. And I'm like, let me do that right now. Because how do you explain that?
1: Right. It's a very hard concept. Right. I have a friend in college who was really confused crossing the Georgia and Alabama state line because she expected there to be a white line. R-
0: right. Right. Something, something, <laughs> something to the I mean, issue. Now they usually have a, a sign. Yeah. But back then it was like, Wait, this is all it is? Yeah. There's nothing. It's just more woods. How would you know otherwise?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just more woods. Um, yeah, so like I right. So when you're like teaching kids about burning in hell for eternity and Yeah. And they they don't even really get the concept of the twenty minute Mr. Rogers TV show that they're watching, right. like that is abuse. Right. And it's very real and it's very heavy. And so you're layering that on top, like it's just it's just systemic abuse layered on top of systemic abuse. And right. you can't get out from under that. Right. And you everybody, and everybody you
0: around you has already bought into it. Yes. Right. So there's no, and I think that
1: that's the other thing, right? When you leave, you lose everything. Yes. Because the people who are in it, are so married to it that when you leave, you lose that. And Jill Duggar talks about that a little bit, right? That Mm -hmm. she's on very strange terms with most of her family. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that this interview did more damage to Mm -hmm. that. I mean, Tara Westover talks about that Mm -hmm. in her book, Mm -hmm. Educated, that like in order to tell her story, she had to just completely remove herself from her family. Yeah. And I think that that's true for a lot of people who leave these systems is that they... They have to, they have to be willing to let that go. And one of, I think it was Tia that said this, that one of the things that you need to understand when you leave the system and you're flopping around like a fish out of water, like there will be people to catch you. Yes, yes. Right? There are people
0: out here to catch you. Yes, people you don't know who will show up or step in and serve a healthier role in your life, right? Yeah. Chad at the end this is where the docu-series ends. He says he's talking about what we what we were taught and then what we didn't realize. He says we had this power the entire time over the people who were hurting us as much as they tried to control us. We were ultimately what they most feared, and all we had to do was talk. Yeah. And to me that's where again it comes back to, you know, how does deconstruction start, it starts with you talking. Mm-hmm. It starts with you asking some questions. Mm-hmm. It starts with you reconnecting to your body and saying, this doesn't feel good. Or I have so much anxiety. Where is this coming from? Because anxiety comes from our environment, right? Yeah, And it gets trapped in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And, and so again, to me, it just, it starts with your voice, which is how the control also started with silencing that. Yeah. I think
1: that that's one of the, the things as a collective, as a generation, we're starting to see people. I mean, that's what the Me Too movement was, right? Mm-hmm. It's literally just people telling their stories. And the more that we tell our stories, the more that we recognize like we're not buying this narrative and we're not allowing you to silence us like you lose power in that right and, and you as a person somebody else power with a similar story yeah you as a person gains power in that you gain your yeah. own autonomy and owning your story which is you know Brene Brown talks about that mm-hmm. right? and this is an extreme version of that but it also like when the voices of the sur- people who survive are louder than the one voice that created the abuse mm-hmm. it silenced the abuser in a big way right and, and I think that that is, that is how we are going to change the narrative of how we raise children and how we do faith and how we, you know, interact with women and how, I mean, that, that is how we change everything as we start mm-hmm. talking and listening and believing people's stories and saying like, how do we do better? Because the reality is humanity can do better. We have watched, mm-hmm. you and I watch people grow
0: mm-hmm. and
1: do better. And if we, as humans, do that, as a society, humanity will do better. And I think that that's the beautiful part of this, is it only... Yeah, like, it's that whole, like, Bill Gothard is a monster, and he he did create a system that broke a lot of people. But in them putting themselves back together, They're speaking about it, they're talking about it, and they're changing the narrative of their own story in Mm -hmm. that process. And I think that's just amazing and powerful, and I I have so much respect.
0: Which is what a lot of people don't factor in, that human ability for resilience. I know, right? Human beings are amazingly resilient. Yeah,
1: They're amazing. We are amazingly Mm -hmm. resilient as a species.
0: And... With support. I usually yes. say it's it's going to take some support, though, because uh, otherwise you don't know. Right. You don't know if you're just making up something else. Right. And
1: again, this is why a huge part of our brain is relational, mm-hmm. because when we have people willing to say, I got you. Right. We can do some amazing things collectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you have a group of people behind you saying, I will break you. That's usually true.
0: Yeah.